Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Superhero FX Podcast. We are less than two weeks away from the release of Episode 9 of the Star Wars saga, The Rise of Skywalker, and we have a couple of great people back on to talk about this upcoming movie, to talk about what we're looking forward to, what we're hoping to, what we're hoping to see, what we are nervous about seeing. This is a movie, this is a series of movies that has caused so many great ethical questions, so many great moral questions, and obviously there's a lot going into this last movie. And so we have brought back not only our uh, regular co-host who had to take a break for a little while, Jacob Malicic. Jacob, how are you doing today? Hi, everyone. It's good to be back. Great to have you back, Jacob. And we also have with us Becky Allen. Becky has been a guest on the podcast before, especially to talk about Star Wars. And so I knew when we were getting this topic together, Becky was someone I wanted to have with us. Because what we're wanting to talk about, like I said, is we're, we're pretty soon, we're pretty close to the new movie coming out. And we want to talk about, you know, all the questions that we have and all the hopes and ideas, <clears throat> especially in terms of the kind of issues this podcast talks about. Um, and to ground it a bit, let's just start by talking about why is this something that's so important to all of us? Um because I think for I, I think I'm fairly certain that I can say for all three of us that this isn't just you know a movie that it that Star Wars holds a pretty special place in each of our hearts. Um, Becky, for you, why do you think the, the what, what does Star Wars really mean to you, and why does the the last movie in this particular saga uh, mean so much, especially? Um. Okay. Gosh. Uh, so I think, like probably all of us, Star Wars is very important to me because it's something that I grew up on. Um. And for me, it really shaped the kind of media that I love and that I want to watch. I love stories with magic. I love stories with family. Uh, I love stories particularly with plucky bands of rebels who are facing down an evil fascist enemy. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I always loved sort of the intergenerational saga of it. Cause like, obviously watched the original trilogy a ton as a kid and i was in i think ninth grade when the phantom menace came out and i was so excited and we didn't know then what would happen (laughs) um so you know i was very excited and i still think that the the concept of seeing anakin skywalker's fall from grace is wonderful and i really i love the idea that we can have a story where we see that fall from grace and how everything broke. And then we see the story that felt like cleanup, but really how can you expect to fix something like that? And that was like Anakin's personal redemption. And now seeing the broader, how do we fix this in the grand scope of the galaxy? Um, And so I like, I love, I love that and the way it sort of centers around this one family and the impact that they have and how, mythic and legendary it feels and i will be frank i love the new trilogy because i watching all of these various star warses as a kid what i really really desperately wanted in my heart of hearts was a girl jedi and now we have ray and she's the best one so that is just deeply satisfying (laughs) I, i can very much see that jacob what about for you so for me uh star wars was a very formative series franchise i don't know what you want to call it a story set of stories um for me growing up for a couple of reasons um the first being that the first movie that i really uh, remember establishing a an emotional connection with thinking to myself not just 
oh, this is fun to watch and, and occupied some amount of my time with, but something I think to myself, I actively love this and want to like play out scenes with uh with my fan with, with my uh sibling and my cousins uh and and do like fun proto fan fiction, I guess you could call mm-hmm. it. Like Star Wars grabbed me hard and it was because of the movie The Empire Strikes Back. I didn't remember at the time why, but now leading into this, knowing knowing what I know now about myself as a person, um, it was that combination of having a very compelling villain that di- that seemed nuanced, that seemed like there was something more there, um, and also having dramatic reveals that tell you that the story's going in a different direction than you thought it was. Those are things I've really enjoyed, and also uh, space swords and space wizards, <laughs> and like that. I, there's nothing quite like uh, Star Wars. I feel still, um, insofar as it combines the 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 outer space ships nonsense that you get in something like Star Trek or other science fiction properties, but with this more uh, operatic, this more um, overarching dramatic uh almost uh how do i want to put it almost soap opera eat style storytelling um where everything is is the, the characters are all larger than life and what the the interpersonal relationships particularly within a particular family are very 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 important uh to what is going on in the universe and they are the central thing even though it's affecting these very many great organizations and people and in, in their lives it really all centers around um this this one family and and as becky put it so well uh how they've messed things yeah. up <laughs> And and how they go about trying to fix it. And, and, and I mean, it's it's funny to me that you both talk about it as a family because I, 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 it, that was hitting me a little bit strangely. And I realize in part it's because you're right. The the Skywalker family has you know it is the heart and soul of the, this story for the most part. Yet on the one yet, but yet it's also true that we've never really seen any of them interact as a family. Um. You know, for most of the stories, they don't know or they're rejecting their familiness. Um, Luke and, and, and Darth Vader slash Anakin kind of reconnect his father and son at the very end, and then Anakin immediately dies. Um, Leia and Luke recognize that they're brother and sister, but then only have, like, we, we have that kind of, like, two-minute, um, you know, quick interaction of Luke commenting on Leia's hair um, and, and, and them kind of showing a, a, a sibling-like friendship um, before Luke dies. Um, and we had, to my knowledge, am I, am I correct, we had never had any um, recognition in the show, in the movies, between uh, Vader and Leia recognizing their family connection. Um, so uh, it, it was kind of a side note that I thought was interesting. Um, in terms of the movies, though, I, I definitely agree with both of you. And I, I think I said this on a different... Um, uh, episode. Uh, I was trying to get a Star Wars uh, podcast specifically up and going. That may not be happening. I may just bring all those episodes over to here. But I said on one of the episodes of that that I literally cannot remember a time when I hadn't seen the first and second Star Wars movies. The first movie I remember seeing is Return of the Jedi, and I saw it in theaters when I was maybe five or six years old. Um, 
but I can't remember a time when I hadn't seen Star Wars. It was just such a part of my childhood. And kind of like what you were saying, Jacob, I think part of why these movies hit me is because of the moral questions they raised. I mean, I was always the the, the, the budding ethicist in some <laughs> ways. And I, I think especially because I grew up in a time when both um, – you know, kind of politically around in the world around me and also just in the, uh, you know, among my friends and my family, I saw anger as a very dangerous thing. I saw I saw the ways in which people got angry at each other and stopped listening to each other and the way that they got fearful and their fear controlled what they paid attention to and their ability to communicate with each other. And the the the, the Jedi idea of you know that that you have to be careful of of hate and of anger and of fear because they can lead to this dark side um that hit you know maybe 10 11 year old me really hard um and later of course i, I i've kind of had those ideas shaped somewhat and realized that the jedi have maybe not the best hold on ethics and morality and the particular way they look at it that's something i'm sure we'll talk about but i, I think because of that these stories have always meant so much to me and then the Last Jedi movie especially, which I know all three of us were really fond of, and obviously some people were not, and there are both good and very bad reasons for that, but that movie really took those ideas and ran with it, and really ran with the idea of, were the Jedi right? Did they have the right ideas? What does it mean to be a Jedi outside of that? And so I feel like I'm... Part of why I wanted to do this episode is, because as, as Becky first said when I proposed it, we had done an episode after Last Jedi. but But for me because of the ways Last Jedi kind of brought those issues back front and center, and because this movie is really kind of going to wrap it all up, I, I feel like we're going to kind of really get a sense of what what's kind of the final answer on some of these questions, and what's sort of the final argument to be made. Um, and I'm both very excited for that, and I think pretty nervous about that. Um, so, so and that's kind of where I'm, I, I'm looking as we go into this last movie. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think it's really um, one thing that we can look at these first two movies in this new trilogy and say is, like, we had Anakin's Fall from Grace, we had Luke fix it, and one thing that these movies are doing is saying it's actually not that easy. Um, There's still a lot of problematic things that the Jedi have done or that have believed that led to Anakin's Fall from Grace, and... Maybe before we can really say, you know, things are fixed, we need to figure out why those happened and how we can stop them from happening again. And I think that that is, knock on wood, something we're going to get a bit of in this movie, because I think that The Last Jedi was really leading into asking those questions. Yeah. And I'll just say just a quick aside on that. I've been rewatching all of the movies to get ready, which including the prequels. And um, in a weird way, The Last Jedi, because of what you just said it makes the prequels a lot better. Um, it does not change some of the awful dialogue. I hate sand is still in there. Um, but it, once you kind of realize how much Last Jedi is getting into, like, what were the problems with the Jedi and how did that lead to Anakin's fall, it, it, it helped me remember, it, it gave me a much better appreciation for the way that story is shown in those prequels, even if it's done, it's done in a very clumsy, ham-fisted way. But it still is done in a way that I, I feel like Last Jedi made it, – it, it kind of 
brought back those points and said, okay, yeah, we, we, we didn't do it well, but here were the arguments we were trying to make, and here's how we're going to continue that discussion. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, so, so yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, something I wanted to say directly after uh, Becky, and then by the time you got done, I was like, oh, I can't actually, now it doesn't work, the transition is lost. Um, I think, so, talking about um, going into to this last movie, I, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic, but there's a big concern that I have, um, and it's, it's making me not approach this with the childlike joy that i approached watching uh the force awakens and the last jedi uh, if that makes sense and it's not anything to do with those two films yeah no it does and i think that's why we wanted to get into this and so let, let's just talk a little bit more about kind of where we are up to this movie and then get into um our, our hopes and our concerns ox uh, i know all of us have both um and, and first i'll just say for me, I imagine both of you probably feel kind of the same. One of the reasons that makes this whole thing a little bit hard to deal with is the fact that um, of this last trilogy, in terms of movies seven and eight, um, The Force Awakens and then The Last Jedi, we had two different directors. And I, I think it's fair to say two fairly different tones. And there's a continuity, obviously, but in, in some ways it seems like Abrams set up some things that then Ryan Johnson decided to go in a really different way with. And I, I think one of my real concerns is that Abrams may, you know, say, nope, I don't care what Johnson did. I want to go back to the way I did it or, or vice versa or something like that. So l- let's kind of get into that a little bit. How did, how did those two movies feel different to you in tone? And, and, and is that something you're also a little concerned about? I am very concerned about that. Um, in as much as I am very concerned about a movie franchise, but I think we can take yeah. it as read that I am, because we all explained why we care so much already. Um, <laughs> this isn't the elections, we understand, <laughs> but in this context, concerned. It, yeah, no, I am concerned because, like, I loved The Force Awakens. I cried during The Force Awakens. Like, it was, it hit me on a very visceral, emotional level of space adventure and friendship and did I mention a girl Jedi? Yeah. I think The Last Jedi was a smarter and better movie. Um, And I, while I would be very happy with that same level of space adventure and like the J.J. Abrams aesthetics that he brought to it or brought back to it after having lost that a lot in the prequel trilogy, like he was very good at saying, I know how Star Wars feels. This is going to feel like a Star Wars. Um, and I think Johnson was able to run with that, but didn't focus on it in the same way and instead pulled together a movie that was really smart and really interesting. And I think was the movie that asked a lot of the questions that we've already asked. Um, and I Mm -hmm. don't, I didn't have the impression that those were the questions that Abrams was interested in asking. Um, and so I really, I hope that they are able to pull those things together and make that into... Uh, like a final movie that feels like it is part that it has both the the adventure Star Wars feel and the smart storytelling of The Last Jedi. And I'm not super confident that they will. Like I, I am definitely, I wouldn't say I am pessimistic, but I am, I am holding out hope because it's what Leia would want me to do, but 
it is definitely <laughs> something on my mind. Space Mom wants us to hope. I really believe in that. Um, on, on a similar note, uh, so the, clearly the two movies have a. It's not all in direction either. Remember the, the, the there's also there's also the writing right, which was clearly different uh, between the two movies, but they did both feel like Star Wars. I feel like I, I'm. I guess I'm intrigued to find out what Abrams does with the third installment of this trilogy, because. It's a different mission statement. Uh, I almost feel like watching The Force Awakens, uh, even the first time I got this impression, I felt like this is a proof of concept. They had to they had to show that they could give you a movie that felt like Star Wars after that that really felt like Star Wars to to the previously enfranchised fans and to the the people who grew up on the prequel movies. Um, after the prequel movies lost a lot of faith from those uh, those fans that grew up with with uh, a new hope empire and and Jedi right and so I feel like that movie had that sort of albatross hanging from its neck until it came out and so it had to play it a little more safe uh, and it still took risks and I personally love the force awakens uh, as a movie. Um, and as the beginning of its own trilogy, it was very much like A New Hope, and I think that if you're going to start a Star Wars story, you could do a lot worse than starting it the same way that a, a previous uh, incarnation started, right? Um, and, and I guess for me, the, the thing about the—I the, agree very much with, with what you said, Becky, about how The Last Jedi is a much smarter movie— and is a, a lot more, I guess I want to say it's a lot more intentional in that it's it's making points and it's asking questions. Uh, whereas The Force Awakens, again, felt to me... So, it, it's almost like a magic trick, right? The the yeah, trilogy is being given to us it. as a magic trick. The Force Awakens was the pledge. The Last Jedi is the turn. And we should be getting the prestige... Uh, but we're not going to get the prestige because it's not Christopher Nolan, it's J.J. Abrams. But we're going to get, but we're going to get, um, the, we should pay off what we saw in the previous movie. It shouldn't matter so much the change in direction. Um, but I've been, I, I've had a, a jarring thing in the past going from uh, one type of director to another in the Harry Potter films. And so that's what has me sort of being tentatively... Are they going to step back and play it safe again? Was that an Abrams thing, or was that direction from the, the broader team? Yeah, I, I think you're raising some really good points, both of you there, because like, th there's a part of me that wishes they had just let Johnson direct all three movies, because I do think that The Last Jedi is much better. But, but the more I think about it, and, and as we talk about it, I feel like I don't know if Johnson could have done the the palate cleanser that, that Force Awakens really needed to be. The movie that was basically saying, we are sorry for the prequels. Look, we are back on track. Because um, Last Jedi is a is a pretty significant departure. And I feel like Last Jedi was possible because of the trust that had been earned by Force Awakens. Um, but but the other thing is, and I, I you know, we've gotten this far um, without praising Marvel, but I'm going to do it here. Um it, more than anything, what it makes me wish is that if we're going to have different directors, that I wish Star Wars had a Kevin Feige. Because one thing that I'm very certain of in the Marvel Universe is if movies 1, 2, and 3 of a trilogy have different directors, 
there will still be one person who has an overall vision and is saying to all three of those directors or two of those directors, however many it is, remember this is where this movie is going to start and this movie has to end. And then you have to pick up here and get to here. And this movie has to pick up here and get to here. And I just, I think that's my biggest concern is I don't know if we have that. And I have, um, I, I think one of you asked, I don't know, I don't think we have any idea to what extent Abrams and Johnson are collaborating and whether, you know, my hope is that Johnson says, look, here's where I took you because I'm hoping that you'll then go in these further directions and Abrams is going to pick up that ball and run with it. But but my concern is that we just have no idea of that. And that, as we've said, it may well be Abrams going, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't want all this. Um, you know, just to take as one example, we'll get more into it. But like Abrams kind of starts the idea that Ray's parentage might really matter. And then Johnson pretty flat out says, mm-hmm. nope, she's just a nobody and who her parents are don't matter at all. And I have no idea where Abrams is going to go with that now, if he's going to be true to what Johnson is setting up or, or where Abrams is going. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's just a lot of – I'm hoping it's possible that they're really collaborating and there's some really great things going to happen. But I'm, I'm wondering if this movie is going to make it seem like Last Jedi was just kind of an anomaly and we're going to go back to basics. Yeah, I wonder that as well. And I think um, my other big thing with Abrams, I actually Googled this and laughed at the number of results that came up was, is he going to stick the landing? Because I think ending a story like this is incredibly hard. And if you Google J.J. Abrams stick the landing, there are a lot of results. (laughs) Um, And the... Most of them not. Yeah, positive. I mean, and the reason it comes up is because people like I. I didn't watch Lost, but people are still furious about the ending of Lost, and I think that that while Abrams did a really good job of setting up the new Star Wars trilogy and palate cleansing and making it feel like Star Wars again, I think there are a lot of people who are like we are going. Yeah, but does he know how to end it? Yeah. So, so what do people think are <clears> – <throat> here we're going to do a little bit of a quick uh, Last Jedi retread. But since we're talking in generalities, what are some of these specific questions that we have? Like the, the, the specific sort of poignant things either that Last Jedi set up that we want to see build upon or that questions that it raised um, that, that we're kind of looking to this last movie to deal with or to answer. And I, I mentioned one of them obviously is going to be Ray's parentage. Um uh, I know one of you put into the show notes, what the hell are the Knights of Ren? <laughs> Which is a, another question that I definitely have and would like to know a little bit more about. What, what are some of the other things that we're, we're kind of – we'll talk about what we know about the new movie in a second. But just you know, the day after Last Jedi uh, – day after you see Last Jedi, what are the things you're thinking, okay, I'm really curious how the last movie is going to resolve this point? Uh, what are they going to do with Leia since Carrie Fisher passed away? I think that for me remains – a, a huge yeah, one that, like, I was wondering going into The Last Jedi if they were going to wrap it up there, and they didn't. So now, from like that sort of hanging over the whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely it a big feels one. Like the the Leia character is so important to the story, uh, and like her brother just passed, which has got to be pretty rough. Um, and it would, I, it would be because they didn't. Uh, have her with an on-screen death in this movie I'm like my worry is that we're going to give her an off-screen death which I think the character deserves better than Mm -hmm. uh, since Han had an on-screen death and Luke had an on-screen death right Right. Um, 
I wouldn't mind seeing a... I would actually love it if Leia had the uh, becoming one with the Force type passing. Just a scene near the beginning of the movie where she fades away the way that Yoda and Luke did. Uh, I think that would be very cool and consistent mm -hmm. with her as a Force-sensitive. Um, and, and that one but... we'll definitely get into because there's actually been <clears throat> a lot of discussion about that in the trailers and in the lead-up to the new movie. Um, but you're right, it's definitely a, a question I, I, I've been having as well. But but how do you do that without the actress? And we've seen the Uncanny Valley Grand Moff Tarkin stuff, and it's not the best, so... Yeah. <laughs> it, it's... I, it's so I, I want the character to be respected in, in, but I also, like, is it bad to have a character portrayed on screen digitally? Is that... Does that betray Carrie Fisher's legacy? Yeah. So, again, I think that, that's something we'll discuss more as we get into the trailers, but I, I will just say, fr from what I've been reading about this movie, uh, Leia is a fairly sizable character. She's featured prominently in the trailers, and, and the writers have said, or the, the producers have said that um, <clears throat> Leia is going to play a significant role in this movie, and that it's a combination of CGI and other uh, stand-ins for Carrie Fisher um, and, and that was done very much with the permission and, as I understand it, encouragement of Carrie Fisher's family, uh, with the understanding that, that, that this, this, this is the sort of thing that Carrie Fisher would have wanted. Um, I, I think, as you're right, there's a whole other set of ethical questions there, but it, uh, in some ways I feel like this is one where I'm at least more willing to forgive, because I feel like there's one, it, it's one thing for Ryan Johnson to say, Leia needs to be a much more important character, and then for Abrams to say, nah, I don't want that, um. Here, I think that you know a a factor completely outside of the writer's and director's control has come in, and so they're having to deal with that as well. But I, I, I so I certainly hope of that. But I guess I think of that as a little bit of a different question, if that makes sense, given that we're dealing with 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 the death of Carrie Fisher. Yeah, no, that that makes sense, and I am glad to hear that they are finding ways to do it, and that that is with the blessing of her family. Because otherwise, then you have the mm -hmm. the question of which is more disrespectful: an off-screen death or minimization? Or digitizing, or you know, yeah. Like, and I and I don't think I would have an answer to that. But if if they had been given that blessing, then I feel a lot better about it. Um, but yeah, so for me, that was the big like that. That's sort of the one of the main questions. And then I think the the biggest one is like, does Kylo Ren get a redemption? Like, is that where the story yeah. is going? Um, and. I have a lot of feelings about that. I don't know if we're ready to get into those feelings just yet, but that is, for me, I thought one of the coolest things they did in The Last Jedi was completely subvert expectations by having him turn on Snoke and having that awesome fight mm. scene, but then using that to drive him further away from redemption. Um, yeah, And like right. that, that was such a cool, unexpected thing, and so I... I am very curious what their plan is for Kylo Ren. Yeah, I think it's like I said, we will get into more of that when we get in the movie. But I think that's 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 a big question, and um, <clears throat> what's going to happen with Ren? I think another one that is a big one for me, as we mentioned, is Ray's parents and 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 who they are. Um, and I think also just the and I think this this connects very much to both Ray and to Kylo. What's the future of the Jedi and the future of the Sith? Because my take at the end of The Last Jedi was, and, and certainly a lot of it comes in that moment when the two of them, you know, 
kill Snoke and then work together and then but then break apart. It, it like what I want the Last Jedi to be is Kylo and Rey maybe working together after his redemption, maybe in some other fashion, but that they've both kind of rejected the idea of the Jedi and the Sith and are now just sort of accepting like that there are force users and they have different places on a scale of morality and we don't have to have this binary of Jedi, Sith, good, bad, right, wrong, good, evil. Um, and we'll talk more about that in the movie, but I, I think that, that that's... Do, do you guys agree? Do you kind of get that same idea from Last Jedi? Yeah. In terms of like breaking that both both Ray kind of moving away from what a Jedi can be and and Kylo moving away from the Sith, even if it's not a different moral moral move. I don't know that he broke I, away from the Sith particularly, but I do think that they they have signposted toward Ray moving away from what has traditionally been the Jedi. Kylo is currently way too much of a Vader fanboy uh, yeah. to move away from the Sith, but I also interestingly think that. He's not a very good fanboy if he's not taking the entirety of Vader slash Anakin's arc, which includes ultimately a rejection of the Sith. Right. Um, so I'm the there the two. What one thing I think the uh, especially the Last Jedi did a very good job on is linking those two s- people's stories together uh, in a way where it feels like you have to answer a question for both of them for you to have a satisfying conclusion and it has to they have to be relational in some way if i'm making any kind of sense that they're to use the the star wars in universe language their destinies are intertwined if you believe in that sort of thing um but it's a case where their arcs are informing the other one's arcs and they keep having these establishing links and dear lord please don't make that romantic because that's really poor um and not going to win me over it doesn't need to be uh i, I will i will like, say jacob a person yeah. who both you and i hold in very high esteem uh i didn't get a chance to ask if i had permission to quote him so i'm not going to but uh made an interesting argument for the the pairing of kylo and ray i i still disagree with it but but it was an interesting discussion yeah, I, I may have heard this argument and and told him in that moment he's very wrong. But... <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> um, is there anything else, uh, Becky, especially because we, we kind of went off on a tangent there, but that, that you guys have as a here's – a, here's a point that TLG made, TLJ made that you really don't want to see Abrams go back on or a question that's kind of unresolved? Um, I, I mean, I also think in general the romances, um, the – the questions of who will end up with whom, because it seemed that Abrams was uh, pointing pretty heavily towards Ray and Finn, um, and then yep. the last, Je- yeah, the last Jedi, like Ray and Kylo question mark, which I am also on team anything but that, please. Um, but Finn mm-hmm. and uh, Rose, and then I think as the entire <laughs> internet plus Oscar Isaac and John Boyega know Finn and Poe. <laughs> um, uh, I'm into Finn and Poe. Uh, I don't want to like, whatever. It can be Finn Poe and yeah, Rose. That's, that's fine. fine. Um, but yeah. I, I think that that, that was another case where there was something Abrams was setting up and that um, Johnson was not interested in, um, or the mm-hmm. writer at that point. And I, I have mixed feelings about it because I love Rose. Um, I think she was a great character, and I would be very happy if they, if she and Finn end up together. But I also uh, would 
I was very pro Ray and Finn. So. Yeah, I I um I've had other conversations with folks who talk about that. That in some ways, and and I think there's there's some truth to this. That for all of the things that I love about Last Jedi more than, um, Force Awakens. I'm not sure the character of Finn is one of them. I, I feel like in some ways maybe Abrams like that, that Johnson didn't really know what to do with Finn quite as much as Abrams did. Um, they feel like two very different characters. And going to what you're saying, Becky, in some ways, and, and this comes for me especially just rewatching the the prequels. When you think about the fact that the thing that in theory utterly led to Anakin's fall was his falling in love with Padme in the worst romance ever made. And this is from a person who's been watching Hallmark Christmas romances. Um, but the, that, but that if, if his attachment to Padme is what makes him a bad Jedi, in some ways I feel like Ray having a romantic connection to someone as a force using person and that being okay would kind of be a wonderful rejection of what I think I, at least I and many others have come to see is one of the dumbest things of the Jedi order. Yeah. So I can yeah, see that. I, I for that reason alone, I mean, I don't. On the one hand, like there's such bad precedent of of the way romance is written for female heroes, but I, for that reason alone, I would love to see at least some hint of Ray having a romantic attachment that isn't a bad thing and that doesn't, you know, but that doesn't lead her. to Well, the and I, I would submit that I I think that Ray and Finn still fits that bill. Um, I would mm-hmm. be very pro Ray and Finn ending up together. Um, and I also wanted to say about Finn in The Last Jedi, I do I, I do think that his character was changed a bit between movies, that it was there was a disconnect, but I actually really love his arc in The Last Jedi. Um, I think, mm. I know a lot of people didn't or didn't really see it as an arc or felt like the whole um, space casino scene was unnecessary, but for me, his shift from I was running away from something. All I care about is getting away from it in the the Force Awakens. To all I care about is getting away from it, and also Ray. To oh, I'm not running away from this. I am running towards something. There is something that I think is right and worth fighting for. Like I, I thought right. that actually worked mm-hmm. really, really well. Um, I definitely, I can see, I can 100% understand people who feel like he was downplayed. Um, and that that's a disappointment because I, I, there is some truth in that, definitely. Um, but what was there, I thought worked really well. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love the casino scene. I thought he had a great arc. I just felt like where his arc starts in Last Jedi to me felt so disconnected from where his arc ends in Force Awakens. But I, I think you're right. It is a great arc nonetheless. Yeah, I guess I... We, we don't get to see what's off screen, and technically speaking, I guess it's barely anything, because we kind of pick up uh, right at the last scene from The Force Awakens, right? Question mark? It's been a while since I've actually seen The Last Jedi. I should have done a rewatch, it's, but... It's uh, somewhere... My time is not unlimited. It's somewhere sometime after, but it's unclear how long, and Finn has been um, unconscious the whole time, because the first time we see him, he's just waking up. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. So he does. Yeah, there's an inconsistency there that doesn't make a lot of sense. I really like where he ends up. There's that scene on the ship with um, Phasma. Is that with Phasma? The rebel um, scum scene. And that's yes, it's God, so that's delightful. I really like. I, that. I think the movies could have done more yeah. with the fact yeah, that yeah, he yeah. is a former stormtrooper. 
um, instead of just yeah. having him occasionally mm-hmm. know things about how, you know, the Empire's ships work, I think that they could really have played on him having been a child soldier, essentially, and what yeah. drove him to leave and why he made that choice. And I think it's a shame that we didn't get more of that. Um, so that, like, that is a disappointment. Um, so even... Even as much as I liked his arc, like I'm, I'm not gonna say it was perfect because it wasn't, and I think there was a lot of depth there that just nobody felt like digging into, which is a shame. Well, especially you know, because I was thinking about this mm-hmm. when you, you, you sort of said his arc in the first movie was like, I want to get away from this, and, and I think that's true. But in the second movie, it, it, it's portrayed that that's mostly out of kind of his own personal fear and rejection of it when. And again, like like you, uh, J- sorry, I almost called you Paul. Um, Jacob, I haven't seen the um, uh, Force Awakens Basically in a little bit, Paul. but one of my rem- memories of that is that it's the him seeing what they're doing to that the people on that planet, and him getting like the you know the bloody handprint on his uniform, um, his armor. That that like like to me, uh, I don't just see it as him running away out of fear. I see it him running away as you know, realizing he's part of something terrible and he doesn't want to be part of it. And and so, yeah, Becky, I agree. It would have been nice to see more of that. And I'm, I am curious where they're going to take his character in the new movie. Um, so with that, are we ready to start talking about um, what we have learned, you know, since watching Last Jedi about this new movie and, and, and our thoughts on it? Yeah. But... Just one more thing real quick, because... Because as we were talking about uh, romance possibilities, and romance in films is important to me because I I dig that sort of thing when it's done well. Um, And I do want to point out uh, that it looked like they might have been trying to set up a a Ray Poe thing at the end of The Last Jedi, which I have feelings about that. They're not great, but I do have feelings about that. Um, so that's something that just sort of put a button in a, they literally gave an impetus for this arc. And I think that might've been them testing the waters to see how the fans would react. Um, and the most, most of the fan reaction I've seen doesn't talk about it at yeah, all. I didn't, so I think the fan reaction, I didn't been... get that impression from the last Jedi at, at the very end, they, they meet and he knows who she is. Cause my impression was that it's because he's friends with Finn and Finn's main motivation, especially in the beginning had been, but we have to save Ray. Where's Ray? And so I hadn't right. taken that as anything even remotely romantic, just as like, Hey, I'm finally meeting you. You're my maybe boyfriend's well, not, best not friend. Saying... <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying romantic, but I, there was a, how you doing vibe to me, I guess. That's really weird, but that's how I read it. That's how I read how it was being sold to me. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, and I could be completely misreading the scene. Yeah, I, I didn't get any hint of romance there. Um, you know, I, like quite a lot of the internet, is hoping for the, the Poe-Finn po romance. I don't think we're ever going to get that. But mm. um, yeah, I, I did not get Poe-Ray, but I, I agree with you, certainly. I would not be thrilled if we if we got that. Um but so, okay, let's, let's turn to now some of the things we've learned. And, and let's just start with, because the first thing we learned, the title. Um, we find out the movie is going to be called Rise of Skywalker. What are, what are your thoughts and reactions? Um, I think it's interesting. I think, so if we hadn't had a, a Ryan Johnson movie and it was just all, uh, all Abrams, I would feel like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. It's pretty straightforward because 
that seemed to me like what the force awakens was setting up um like a lot of the imagery mm-hmm. and her musical theme um felt very very strongly skywalkerian to me um and so i felt but then that it was very clear that that was not what the last jedi wanted to do with it so that's sort of a disconnect um but yeah i i am interested but i i think I would say my feelings and, and from what I've seen, sort of the going feelings of the internet is that Skywalker is going to be more of a title or perhaps a, a new version of the Jedi. That's hopefully a little bit less rigid um, as mm. opposed to there is somebody named Skywalker who rises. Yeah, that, that is certainly my hope, especially, like I said, I, I, and I think I'm more on this, this bandwagon than anyone, but, but coming out of Last Jedi, I, I was really on team, you know, Luke saying, like, that, that the Last Jedi is supposed to be Luke, you know, and that Luke is saying, burn it all down, Ray, you be something new. Um, and so I hated the idea if it was basically like, Ray be re, you know Ray is a Skywalker and we're 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 redoing the Skywalker the Jedi all over again. Um, I've really come around to this idea that it means kind of what you're saying that it's um, about there being a new path for Force users that's not the Jedi that are calling themselves the Skywalkers. And on the one hand, I think given Luke's approach to it all and his idea about you know tearing down institutions and how he doesn't want to be a legend. Um, I think he would. Well, well, actually, that's that's an interesting question. I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. How do you think Luke would feel about it? Because for most of the movie in Last Jedi, he's saying, "I don't want to be a legend. I don't want to be a legend." Is his turn and his confrontation with Kylo Ren him accepting that he's going to be a legend that maybe he would be okay, sort of bearing the name of of whatever comes next? I don't think he would be very happy with the name of any new order or discipline of Force users uh, taking on his uh, surname as a sort of like monolithic thing. I, I, I feel like the Luke we saw in The Last Jedi would, would reject that as, no, 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 create something new, please. Right. Yeah. And just the danger um, of institutions of any kind and building around you know, cults of personality. Well, and Luke's, Luke did say specifically right. before the end of the movie, I will not be the last Jedi. Like, that's that's one yeah. of his last lines. Right. Um, so another... Yeah, that was one of the ones I'm really trying to retcon out of existence, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> uh, another, I think, potential idea um, is, so Anakin was also a Skywalker. Um... Yep. And Kylo Ren is a Darth Vader fanboy, and so I could potentially be him claiming that title um, or that that name, uh, either to redeem it if he feels like that's what's happening, or as part of his general villainy. Oh, that, that's a cool theory. I literally just thought yeah, of him saying, "I'm not excited. a Sith. I'm a Skywalker. I'm I'm Anakin's descendant." <sighs> When I saw the title Rise of Skywalker, I could see it, like, breaking... At the time, I said, this is going to break one of three ways. The most interesting way uh, is the one I'm going to talk about last, because it ties into what we were just talking about. There's the Ray was a Skywalker all along. That gets a big old stinky thumbs down for me. Don't like that. Doesn't It completely rejects the, the anyone-can-be-a-hero idea that 
uh, I thought was so good in The Last Jedi, and if we're throwing that in the garbage to satisfy some some fans, I, nope, not yeah. in for it. There's there's the you know idea that we're going to adopt the name of Skywalker to mean something else. Lukewarm on that, but like I think it's interesting. I think that that could be a thing, but I guess it doesn't like excite me. Um, and the other one is that the rise of Skywalker Skywalker is in fact referring to Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. Um, and when I thought that, I thought maybe what this is, is this isn't a mirror of episodes four, five, and six. This is an arc that is more like one, two, and three, and that we're going to end with the rise to power of a very strong villain to set up another trilogy to hmm. to fix it. That that'd be interesting. I, I, I you know, having watched um, Ultron, uh, I am not really loving the idea of shoving things into one movie in order to set up a next set of movies. Um, but but that is an interesting possibility, and certainly I like the way you guys are both describing it. Is that maybe it's the the Skywalker there is is you know Kylo Ren and his sort of last iteration is really just claiming his his family lineage and then, and then the, the movie being about rejecting that. Um I mean I will say I don't th- There's one more theory that go I ahead Becky. Say, I I think that depends a lot on what they do with Kylo Ren um because if he does end up redeemed and my my feeling I will say up front is that it's Star Wars so probably he does get redeemed. Um yep. I would actually be pretty irritated if he took on the Skywalker name um because his parents' names were Solo and Organa. Uh, yep. And so, like, I mm-hmm. I can see them using it as, like, picking up Luke's legacy or whatever, but I would not love that. Um, but I also wonder if it is a reference to Anakin specifically and not Luke, because in the trailer we do have Palpatine's, like, evil laugh. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. Palpatine and Anakin right. sure as heck knew each other. Yep. I, I think yeah, I, I'm definitely on the. If, if it is referring to Kylo, then I don't want it to be a redemption story. I want it to be him. That that, that it's his villainy. Um, th- there's one other theory that, that maybe this is just in my head, and you both will shout me down. I'm not sure. And this will start us into the trailer discussion because I admit this comes a lot from seeing some of the trailers. But once I realized that Leia was going to be an important part of the story, and that they do seem to be playing up Leia's being force connected in some way. Um it's it's two seconds in one of the trailers, but we see a scene of her literally holding a lightsaber. Is there any possibility that the that the Skywalker they're talking about is Leia? Now that's obviously a weird thing because she's only gone by Organa and Solo. She has never really, you know, acknowledged her lineage from from Anakin in any way that we've seen on screen and certainly not in her name. But she is a you know, we saw in the last movie that she's very force sensitive and that her, her force powers are growing and she has absolutely no Jedi training. Is there any possibility that maybe she's the one who this is referring to and that she's going to be kind of the leader of rediscovering a way to connect with the force that doesn't have to be entrapped with all the Jedi nonsense? Um, so I think that would be really interesting. One thing I want to say that's just me being biased and and picky is that I don't think she's becoming more force sensitive. I think she's never been interested in using the force in that way. And like Mm -hmm. in the last Jedi, when she 
she does so she doesn't die in the vacuum of space like that to me yeah. <laughs> did not feel like a surprise or like it came out of nowhere that felt like an oh i guess this particular power is how i get out of this mess type thing yeah. um but that is has nothing to do with your actual point which is like yeah that would actually i think that would be really interesting um it didn't strike me as what they were going for but i don't know what they're going for so why not yeah i I like the idea of Rise of like since you've seen it, since you've now incepted it in my head. Uh, I like the idea of Rise of Skywalker referring to a rise rise to power for Leia. It doesn't have to be Force power. It could be that that Leia becomes the the next great uh, leader who who establishes the new free government blah whatever right right that could still be the arc and that's because that's the the central struggle is to reject the the first order and try to uh, form a you know a peaceful coalition I, I, I think I'd have a problem I don't with that. think that that's a Star Wars movie <laughs> I, I, I think I'd have a problem with that just because I mean you know, Anakin was never a father to Luke, but he at least has this moment of trying to trying to connect with Luke in that way. Um, you know, Leia has never had any father figure except uh, you know Bail Organa, um, and and so in some way, to me, the only reason for Leia to kind of make a big deal about being a Skywalker is the idea of the Jedi of the Force lineage. Um, so I, I I feel like it would bother me a lot more if it was that because then why are we making it a Skywalker mm. again? But I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 nitpicking there. I'm not sure. Well, I also I wonder. Well, Yoda does. Sorry, go on. Go oh, on. I was going to change the topic slightly. Um, not fully, but. I, I was just going to point out that Yoda refers to Leia as a Skywalker, uh, in Return of the Jedi as he's passing. Says there is another Skywalker, and that's how Luke realizes that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, what, what I was going to say is I also wonder if maybe it's not a sect, but it's something that is om- almost more mythical than that. Because um, when you think about like the, the giant operatic, larger-than-life qualities of this story and this family, and then you think about like, if this was happening in... I, I, I would compare it to something like King Arthur, where there may have been a king. We don't really know that much. We know there there may have been a Robin Hood. We don't really know that much. But the concept or like the archetype of a, an Arthur or a Robin Hood is something that came from somewhere historical and got blown up into the idea of this character or this, you know, this yeah. person. And I wonder if within the, the galaxy of Star Wars, like within their universe, if Skywalker could become something like that. Um, particularly because the, the very end of The Last Jedi is that kid who has been inspired by the Resistance and seems to have maybe some affinity with the Force. Um, and I wonder if it's yeah. the idea that people, it's not that somebody, it's not that people necessarily think that, like, Luke Skywalker, it, the specific human being, is gonna come save us or whatever, but the idea that, like, Skywalker is this hero and this savior and we can do all of this fighting with him as an inspiration um that's that may be sort of what we touched on earlier and maybe not what luke would necessarily have wanted but that feels more like a mythic figure and how that myth got made as opposed to an actual (laughs) a real person within the realm of a movie 
And, and I love that point, especially the connection to King Arthur. And, and I will say that if for nothing else, if that's the direction this movie goes, I'd be thrilled because that would really seem to honor where Johnson was going. Because as you said, that, that, that last moment of the kid kind of using the force to grab the broom and, and clearly being inspired by, by this mythology um, is a real sort of nod in the direction of, of the legend that's growing. Um, and so, like, to me, that would show that at least Abrams had watched The Last Jedi <laughs> and had really taken some of it in. <laughs> I um, really hope he has. Well, yeah, no, I, I'm fairly certain he's watched it. I think that's that's alone afar. Um, so, but let's, let's since I've now sort of cracked that egg, um, I should actually say um, I, I didn't say something at the beginning about this. I should have. I'll put it in show notes. Um, we, we somewhat intentionally were not going into the trailers up till now because I know many of you may have very intentionally not watched any of the trailers, and so. Um, uh, for those of you who have, uh, I've often done that with movies. I think it's a great thing to do. I decided to watch the trailers um, in honor of this – wanted to have this conversation as well as just realizing I was going to see them anyway through other movies I was going to. Um, but for those who have decided not to watch the trailers, um, if you want to now uh, step out, um, of course, thank you guys very much for being great listeners and hope you will contact us on Facebook or Twitter and any of the places that are listed in the podcast notes. Uh, and for everyone else um, – this is your official spoiler warning. We're going to start spoiling the trailers, which is a ridiculous <laughs> statement 10 years ago, but now it's a very important thing to say. Um, so we are spoiling the trailers in three, two, one. Spoiler alert, Palpatine's back. I mean, we did mention that earlier. Yeah, uh, we're, we weren't, we're not great about We also uh, mentioned <laughs> Leia in the trailers earlier, so... Yeah, okay, we're really not good about spoiler warnings. <laughs> but yeah, so let's 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 so, let's get into that larger question. Yeah. What what have we learned about uh what have we learned about um what's coming from the trailers? Uh, I know Becky, you had actually when the one of the first trailers came out, you had wanted to talk about this, and that was when I was still not watching. Uh what were some of the things you think we we've, we've seen from the trailers? So I'm bad with trailers in that I miss pretty much all of the details and in, in the overwhelm of feelings that I have. Um, so I'm sure a lot of the things that you all will talk about will be complete news to me and I will be very excited to hear. Um, but so for me, obviously the big ones were Palpatine um, and then Dark Ray, which I don't think is going to be like a, a real thing. I, I suspect it's going to be a dream or a, very brief sequence or like a, a what if or like when Luke goes into the cave and sees Vader like I could see that being some yeah Jacob yeah, cave, yeah. Uh, I could see it being along those lines yep. but the imagery of Dark Ray was so cool and I am not somebody who stands villains I'm not into that it's not what I want for my 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 wonderful girl who I love very much and is very important to me um but it was super cool looking and it would be awesome to watch like as a battle sequence for a while. <laughs> I mean, just because you hold a red lightsaber and look a little stern doesn't mean that you're a suddenly dark. Well, it it kind of uh, does within the realm yes. of Star Wars, though. <laughs> well, but it... it, it, it yeah. Star it Wars could, has very clear aesthetics for, for what is dark and what is light. And the, the stern look in the lights, the, the red lightsaber does not fall into our, our typical positive Jedi experience. Well, but what if that's the point? And maybe here I'm, I'm, I'm giving JJ too much credit, but if, if we take the idea that the, you know, 
anger is bad, serenity is good, green is good, you know, red is bad in terms of lightsabers, um, and and say that that's part of the Jedi Sith binary. Um, what if that's what Ray? What if Ray is sort of saying, like, look, you can fight for good, but embrace some of your anger. Um, what it, like to me that'd be a really fascinating message to go with. Yeah, and I I could um, see something like that being included because in the Last Jedi, Luke did kind of pointedly go from trying to from feeling guilty that he had not saved Ben Solo to accepting the fact that he was going to have to kick the crap out of Kylo Ren and that that just was yeah. what it was going to be. So I can see that and I think that that would be interesting, but I also think Ray uh at one point was it literally exploring the dark side and Luke kind of freaked out of like but you didn't even try not to do that. So I I think that there could right. be potential for her not to go dark side, but to explore either the dark side or her dark side, um, either yeah. within the realm of does it have to be a binary or within just like that experimentation of who am I? Am I going to get bangs? Should I get a pier like pierced ears? Like yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll go dark side for a while. Like I could see that. Uh, and, and I admit this Luke, is a point Luke that himself. Um, sorry, would you say Jacob? I was just going to Luke, Luke himself flirted with the dark side, right? Uh, a couple of times. He chokes Gamorrean guards for no reason other than to look cool, uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell. And then he, you know, attack. his dad provokes him into a rage at one point. Like, right. He's a little hypocritical. Uh, anyway. Well, and, and I, but, I, but yeah, this is where, and I, again, maybe I'm going too far with this, but um, to me... We we talked a lot in the Last Jedi about the ways in which Star Wars has a lot of interesting political parallels, or not not even comment on like actual political situations, but just kind of larger moral questions. And th this is maybe kind of my own personal arc. But as I said, like as a ten year old and and on into my probably early twenties, uh, for quite a lot large period of my life, I really held to that Jedi ideal of you know that you have to sort of be emotionally detached in order to be able to make a cogent argument in order to fight for things. You can't let yourself get lost in your anger and your fear and your strong, you know, strong emotions, which are, um, among other things, that's a very incredibly misogynistic way to see things because of how often, like, you know, that's then turned on women being emotional and the like. Um, but it also just is not, it, 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 to me, it's, 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 a, it's a point of view that I've come to see as a lot more problematic than I understood it as a kid. And, this may be my projecting that onto these stories, but I would love it if a big part of what happens is Ray kind of saying, look, I can embrace my anger and not have it control me the way it did Anakin, not have, not have myself lose myself in it. And that maybe part of what the Jedi got so wrong was this lifelong fear and rejection of attachment, strong emotions, which was in the end just as destructive as the Sith, you know, completely losing themselves in it um to, to me that's uh th that'd be a great way to, to to find that balance and to get away from either one of those 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 edges yeah no i think that would be super cool i think my question is is do we think that that's what they're doing with ray having a, a red lightsaber and looking pissed off in the trailer and i suspect it's not but i also could be yeah. wrong <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're pretty deep into my right. hopes, not my actual fan analysis here, correct? There, right. my apologies. 
I, I think that what you're pitching, especially if it if it's a if if it was executed as Ray is able to touch that corrupting influence and not have it affect her, is awesome and would really like elevate Ray to a level in in the uh, the Star Wars Jedi pantheon that is you know on par with the greatest of the greats, right? And that would be fantastic. I don't think that's what they're doing. Um, because I'm just, I've lost that little piece of my soul that lets me hope. Uh, so I'm sorry, Leia. Uh, <laughs> but I think that is far more likely what, what Becky pitched, that it's either a Dagobah cave type thing, um, or it's it's the Swapsies, where like she's going to be our next Vader, and that also like is amusing that idea in particular is amusing to me that like every that kylo ren just beats his head against the wall trying to be something that he's not and ray just like falls into it <laughs> like i i actually think that would be hilarious and i will say i don't think it's but, likely but i also don't think it's 100 percent out of the realm of possibility um because in the last jedi there is one of the things that snoke says is like Basically that, you know, the the Sith and the Jedi are sort of the equal and opposite, and so when Ren came into his power, they assumed that Luke was gonna, was his counterpoint, but now they know that it's actually Rey. And so if they do go swap seats and she does go dark side, that would be an interesting way of saying maybe he's now good and he is the Skywalker in question. Um, I don't think that's likely, but I do think it's at least somewhat plausible. I, I will say that conversation I, I, with the um, uh, unnamed but very very insightful fan. One of the things they they reminded me of is that you know the initial prophecy about Luke from way way back in the day is that he is supposed to be the one to bring balance to the Force, and we don't. It's never really explained what that means, but that one of the things that that could mean is not that it, it means like wiping out the Sith and restoring the Jedi because that's not actually very balanced, but that it could mean like leading to the end of both the Jedi and the Sith and this whole, and like, and like getting to a more, uh, you know, just a totally different understanding of, of the force. And I, I don't expect Abrams to, to tie it in that literally, though I do think like the prophecy was made such a big deal and we've never actually had it explained what Anakin was, it, what that prophecy actually was. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out and, and, and how Ray and, and the direction she goes with what it means to be a force user c- could mean to that. Um, let me, let I mean, me, oh, Jacob, were you about to say one last thing, or else I was going to switch directions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could make the argument that Anakin brought balance to the Force by reducing the number of Jedi to be equal to the number of Sith. <laughs> and he did it multiple times, because as soon as, as soon as Luke starts rising in, for, in, in Force power, he... Uh, knocks off Obi Wan, and now we're down to Yoda and Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. And, you and could that, make the argument, is all I'm saying. And, and I, I should say I misspoke earlier. Mm-hmm. I said that that Luke brings balance. No, of course it's Anakin who brings balance to the Force. Um, yep. Let me let me though go into another um, kind of thing. Let, let, let's now start talking about um, some of the other stuff we learned uh, in the in the trailers and what it means. Um, obviously, Palpatine's back. Um, we don't know in what context and how much of an on-screen versus an off-screen character he is, but but clearly the Emperor Palpatine is is a part of these new movies, and the trailers have made that more and more a thing as the trailers have gone on, from just ending one trailer with just his laugh to him him actually having dialogue. 
what what's your take on that? What what are you what are you thinking about the fact that we seem to get Palpatine back? I am really interested. Um, I am like curious what they're doing with it, and I wonder if it's something that they somebody knew going into the Force Awakens would be a thing. I I think whether or not they knew will be clearer after we can see this movie. Um, but I am really intrigued by it because it does go back to that idea of Anakin broke things and it's taken several successive generations to try and fix them. And Palpatine was a huge part of that initial breaking. So thematically, like, as a concept, it super works for me to have Palpatine back. Um, and I also feel like we didn't really know anything about Snoke or where he came from or how he came to power. Uh, and he was kind of this big bad who we almost never saw do anything and then he just kind of got murdered and i think it would be really interesting if we found out that palpatine had also somehow been behind that uh and had been pulling strings all along i think that would be really really cool and interesting so uh i have no idea what they're doing with it but i am definitely here for it at least in theory that's interesting for me to hear because i admit i'm very much the opposite direction i think Part of it's because I was so invested in this idea of seeing, like, what comes next. At, like, I loved that Snoke wasn't a Sith, as far as we knew. He was – we had no idea what the hell he was doing, but there was never any reference to him. You know, he wasn't a Darth, and he never called Kylo Darth by any by any means. And so I, I think I liked the idea that there was – kind of similar to what we're thinking about for the Jedi, that you could have, you know, dark force users who have nothing to do with this one particular group called the Sith – um, and I think I'd be kind of disappointed if I found out that, that he had been kind of, you know, a pawn of Palpatine or that Palpatine was involved in some way. Um, but, but I definitely can see your point as well. Jacob, what, what's, what's kind of your take on, on Palpatine coming back? So when I first heard the laugh, uh, my, my first thought as a longstanding Star Wars nerd was, are they bringing in that thing from the Legends canon where, killing Palpatine doesn't kill Palpatine because Palpatine is like actually a million Palpatines. Um, <laughs> and there's just one, there's just, he's just got this sequence of vats of clones of himself ready to go. That when one of them dies, his essence transfers into another one using the, the thing that uh, Darth Bane found. Becky, do you have any um, idea what he's talking about? Cause I, got I don't, but I, I would say if you haven't read ancillary justice, you probably should, which is a non-Star mm, Wars okay. science fiction novel that does a lot with clones and trans... Not clones, but transferring uh, consciousness between a whole bunch of different parts. But go on, because it sounded really nice. interesting. <laughs> right. So, right. So, so, so there was this, uh, there's this thing, it was in the Legends canon, where basically Palpatine had, the, uh, had mastered the ability to transfer his essence into another vessel. And he... Usually when you do that, there's this problem where you have to overcome the will of the vessel that you're entering in. He had this brilliant idea to just make a bunch of clones of himself because they already have the technology and go like, well, I know me, I'll let me in. (laughs) And so that he's been doing, the idea is he's been doing that to cheat death for some number of years. Because he was old and frail after doing his crap at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, and it's been... 18 more years and the years clearly hadn't been kind to him. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Are we exploring that? Or are we going to do something else? Does he like get a force ghost? Is that a thing? Cause that's not been a thing for the Sith. So like putting all that aside saying, okay, he exists in some form. Like 
the first order to me felt like the the bad emo retread of the empire like people who really thought the empire was cool and trying to bring it back uh they, there was a very neo-nazi bent to them that made me able to hate them somehow more than the empire yeah uh and so having a monolithic figure from the previous empire if he's anywhere near the helm makes like it actually pulls a lot of that away from me yeah uh, i feel the same for me so i I'd, I'd rather it not be that so I, I've mixed feelings about Palpatine being there, but I'm intrigued to see what what I'm going to get presented. Right, so I guess I'm I'm keeping an open mind about what they're doing on that uh, part of the story. Yeah, and I I think that's all fair. I I think because I mean honestly, watching the original trilogy, my feeling was that we never really had much of a sense of who Palpatine was or where he came from, and like the fact that Darth Vader wasn't the biggest big bad always seemed a little bit like weird to me as a kid. Um, so I can, and then I felt very much the same way about Snoke. Um, so I, I can go either way on that. I think if he is pulling the strings, I will be basically okay with it. Although there could be certainly some plot disappointments there, depending on what exactly he was doing and, and how. Um, but also, as I said, like, I, I think it is thematically, it works for me to have him as a bad guy. I, I will say, this this would be almost more in the line of parody than anything else, and I'm not sure if, like, I... But Abrams has clearly shown that he likes to retread things, so I, I, I don't know if I'm hoping for this in a dark way or really hoping to not get it, but I, I feel like if what we wind up with is the Emperor is back and Kylo is serving him, and then at the very end, Kylo turns on him, and the Emperor is destroyed because of it. Um, the the parody shot of the Emperor saying, not again, has got to st- hit the internet within, like, five <laughs> minutes after that goes on. <laughs> Head in his hands, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> just like a robot chicken style, like, just going completely hard on it. Yeah. Like, oh, great, now I have to do all this over again. The, the the other way I could see that going is the Emperor, like, calling Rey to him to try and turn her to the dark side, and Kylo being like, you know, mm. Master, can I help? And the Emperor going, no, no I, I saw how that works. You're not in the room while I'm talking to Rey. <laughs> like, uh, I would really enjoy that a lot. <laughs> um, asking him, like, legit asking Kylo Ren to go get him a sandwich would be <laughs> mm, just... Mm. And I feel like that would be all of the respect that Kylo Ren deserves. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, also kind of awesome if, like, you know, you know, the Emperor's back and Kylo's like, oh, I'll be your Vader. And the Emperor's like, no, no, man. It's, I mean, and I, um, do, I do think it's interesting because we do have, like, there is the moment in The Last Jedi where Kylo Ren turns against his master. And he's doing it for completely different mm-hmm. reasons than Vader did. And I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah. And, and I do, like, I have no end of that sentence. That was the end of it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, I agree I, with you. And I, I feel like they're. Go ahead, Jacob. I, I feel like most likely what they're doing is they're setting up because at least the first six episodes of Star Wars were the monomyth, and I feel like if they're bringing Palpatine in, it's probably to tempt Ray with the dark side in some way because that was his thing. That's been his mo on screen is he like i will find a powerful 
Force user, and I will slowly but surely corrupt them. He has to do this in one movie is the thing. Um, and, like, I, I'm a little curious if this movie is also going to have a Deather Star, uh, because a New Hope had a Death Star, and then Jedi had Death Star 2, and uh, then The Force Awakens had Deather Star, and the last scene with where Emperor Palpatine really tries to, to corrupt Luke is on Death Star 2, so do we get Death or Star? Uh, what was it actually called? Star Killer, Star Killer, Killer Base, yeah. Base, I think. Yeah, because Star Destroyer was taken both times, so we have to call it something else. I I, I do hope we're not going to get that. I think I think we can hope that, um, particularly because, uh, you know, we we've seen shots of them. I, I'm guessing on Endor, although possibly on um, Yavin Four. Um, exploring the wreckage of one of the older Death Stars. So my hope is that that's kind of the direction. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Death Star will feature prominently, but it's going to be the the ruins of an old Death Star, not a new one. Right. Yeah, and I I am. That would be curious better. Curious, than... and I wouldn't say worried, but like definitely curious about how much this would be a retread of Jedi because. Like, The Force Awakens had such a fine line to walk between being the start of a a new trilogy, but also a little bit of a reboot, but you can't really reboot Star Wars, so, like, it it felt like it was... It felt like it didn't have to draw that much from A New Hope, but it did. And I think it worked fine. I'm certainly not mad about it, but I... It does make me curious whether they want to go in a new direction at all, like, how how much they want the conclusion of this trilogy to feel different than the conclusion of the original trilogy. Yeah, that, that's, I think it's a good point. On Kylo Ren specifically, there's one little detail that I, I, I'm wondering if you guys put as much significance on it as I am. Um, because I think it, to me at least, it really feels like it's significant in terms of Abrams breaking away from what Johnson was doing. Um, you know, in the first movie and, and in the first part of the second one, uh, Kylo Ren has this helmet that looks kind of like Darth Vader's, um, but of course he doesn't need it the way Vader does, and so it makes it look kind of like a, a fanboy thing. And, and in what I saw as a pretty significant moment in Last Jedi, Kylo smashes that helmet. And I always kind of saw that as him breaking away from the desire to be, you know, like his grandfather accepting that he's going to be his own person, but that, that as we then discover, that person's going to be just as evil and screwed up. Um, in the trailers, he has the helmet back on again. Did did you guys attach any meaning to that, or how did you see that, or did you do not think that... Am I kind of reading too much into a detail there? Um, I don't... I, I do think that that... So part of... I joke about Kylo Ren being the worst a lot, because he is... Um, but I do think that it's, it's interesting to me that his conflict is, but I want to be bad. Like, I believe that's a Britney Spears song. Um, (laughs) but is, but is very much like he wants to be dark side. He was groomed by Snoke. Like he, he has, he has a lot going on there, but his conflict was that he heard the light calling to him, that Snoke didn't think he was evil enough, that like he really wants to be this incredibly evil cartoonish villain, but he's just not that good at it, and he still has good instincts that he is fighting against. Um, 
And so I, and I think that The Last Jedi definitely played with that a lot by having him have this connection to Rey, and she can very much see a future where he re-embraces the light and they walk away together, and he can very much see a future where she goes dark side and they rule the galaxy together as, you know, evil people. Um, And so I think, like, I'm interested in the fact that his conflict is essentially, but I don't want to be good, because I don't, for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could see him recommitting to the mask as a way of recommitting to that, because he's mad that Rey wouldn't go hang out with him anymore. Yeah, I can see that. I can also see them using the mask because it it sells merchandise. Like, they definitely, going into The Force Awakens, thought that people were going to want, like, Kylo Ren merchandise, I think, to a much greater extent than they actually did. Um, But I I can Mm -hmm. see that as a very much, like, pure capitalism thing. Yeah, and and, and also, in that Abrams-Johnson thing... And maybe I'm too critical of Abrams, and, and that's possible. But I, I like I hated what he did the Star Trek movies. Um, but I, I feel like if 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 the mask went back on with a lot of directors, I would see that as a very intentional choice. I I don't put it. I hope this isn't true, but I think it's in the realm of possibilities that Abrams didn't consider the significance of him putting the mask back on. Beyond just okay, him being in the mask looks intimidating and scary, and 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 will sell things. Yeah, I can see that going either way. Honestly, I really can. Mm-hmm. Jacob, what's your take? Was that a detail that that made any impression on you, one way or the other? I feel like the the mask is. This is going to sound very cynical because it is. I think that the mask is there because that's what the dark dude has and it's there to make you think Star Wars. And so if he's just Adam Driver going around being emo, it's not as powerful for the trailers. So they want the the mask to evoke Vader but different. I don't... Like, I I took that that was potentially a formative moment for the character like you did but like clearly not or he's decided he wants it anyway maybe he gets a scar and he's embarrassed about it <laughs> i mean i can i can see or maybe it he's having bad hair and he doesn't significant want... to him deciding to put it back on and deciding to like confronted with Ray and with his own possible redemption deciding to reject that and the mask being part of that. Like, I can see it still being used for character, but that's going to depend heavily on what they do with his character. And in some ways, to tie it back to their conversation, there could be an interesting dynamic there of him sort of having tried to emulate Vader, failing, being rejected by Snoke, being rejected by Ray, and now maybe he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go even deeper and try to reconnect with the emperor, you know, like, like not, not even a uh, uh, grandpa, but great grandpa, obviously not in a direct family line, but in that kind of like, you know, my, my grandpa's master. Um, moving on there. So I think we talked a good deal about Kylo um, and what's going to happen with him. We've talked some, but let's actually maybe get more into uh, Leia. Um, putting aside the concerns about the digitization and the uncanny Valley stuff. Um, 
um, what what would you if we assume that there is enough footage to tell the story that we want to tell? What what would you like to see, kind of be Leia's role in this last movie and ha- and how that gets wrapped up? That's a good question. <laughs> um, That's a tough. Yeah, question. it is because like I ultimately I want her to be a force user, but I don't want it to be like and then she shows up as an action hero and she has a lightsaber and she gets into a physical fight and saves the day. Because one of the things that I love about her is that while she is perfectly capable with the blaster, she's also a good and smart general who inspires people. And I think that that is a really valid strength. And I don't know, like, I don't think it would, you know, undermine that to have her have a different kind of more physical strength. But I, I do think that those skills are not as valued within the context of an action-adventure series, um, and that it would be nice to have those be critical and valued and shown as, like, hey, maybe don't just, you know, what is it she says to Poe in The Last Jedi, like, don't just get in an X-Wing and blow things up, like, maybe actually think things through and be smart and strategic, and I think that having her end the trilogy by in a, in a leadership role because she is smart and strategic would be really valuable and cool. Yeah, I I like that especially um I mean, I mean one of my biggest frustrations in a lot of these kind of things and I think Star Trek the Next Generation is one of the only times they got this right is the idea that like if you're the captain, if you're the general, if you're the president you shouldn't be the one placing yourself in harm's way. Like, it it sucks to order other people to go fight for you, but the idea is that you're supposed to be kind of behind things and and keeping an eye on the bigger picture. And you're right, I I would like to see Leia be more of a force user um, and maybe connect with that side of herself more. But but you're right, I I don't want to see her as an action hero necessarily. Um, Though it does... Did you guys... I've picked up on it in part because the internet's talking a lot about it, but but I I was also really struck when I saw it. Had you guys seen that last trailer that shows Leia holding a lightsaber? And if so, what kind of reactions did you have to it? Um, I, I prob- this was the first I heard of it. I probably saw it and was too overwhelmed with my feelings about Dark Ray or Palpatine to to actually twig to it. As I said before, I'm very bad at watching trailers for things like that. Um, so I it wasn't something that I had had thoughts on um but yeah and, and i if they give her a lightsaber and she fights a bad guy i'm not gonna be mad about it like i i just think that it would be nice to have a variety of other things and to also particularly for female characters like there are a lot more female characters than there used to be there is a much wider range of female characters than there used to be but i think there is still an overwhelming sense that a strong female character or a female character in an action movie has to be strong in a specific physical way and i i would love for that to be broadened not because that's not great because it is and i may have mentioned once or twice how much i love ray and watching her beat people up (laughs) um but i i don't think that needs to be every character and i could see suddenly handing you know General Organa a lightsaber and having Carrie Fisher in her 60s as an action hero 
feel much more narrow than I think it needs to. And I say this as somebody who absolutely loved action Sarah Connor in the most recent Terminator movie. Like, there's a place for that, but I feel like it's Terminator and not Star Wars. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes I mean, a lot of sense. She did plenty of... She did a, Leia did plenty of action hero stuff. Uh, well, plenty. She did more than uh, you would normally see. I feel like in a movie of that era, um, in the original Star Wars series, absolutely, Not really enough. But like she's she... the, right. The, the characters, the characters older now, right? Like she chokes out Jabba for crying out loud. Like she does stuff when she's yeah. Younger. No, she she absolutely um, does, and I like that's certainly part of the reason why I grew up loving her so much, and I think a lot of like women of of my general age who were kids at the time really did as well like she has always been a capable ass kicker but i think i i I think that there is a danger of that being a push into a narrow role of what strong female character looks like that that is my only concern about it I, I think it's a good point, and especially yeah, would... this is maybe going in a little bit different direction than of the, the the strong female character part of it. But in some ways, I would I feel like if they turn her into an action hero, it's a little bit of a rejection of her conversation that, that you brought up before that she has with Poe, because I feel like part of what she's saying to Poe um, when, when she says, you know, you're you're because the first thing she says is your problem is that you always want to jump into a cockpit and blow something up. And then later she gives him the specific order, jump into her cockpit and blow something up. And, and I feel like part of what, what she's establishing in that, in that those two conversations is that she is someone who has been the person to shoot her way out of trouble and, and to choke out Jabba, and she can do that. But that she's also, as she's sort of grown older and more mature and wiser, she's come to realize that that is one of many tools in the arsenal. But that's not that, – that the problem with Poe isn't that he likes to do that, but it's that he, that he sees that as the only – that's the hammer and then everything is a nail. Um, and that that for Leia, that's kind of a like – you have people like Poe around so that they can do that when they get told to do that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think I agree that for her to, to, to now take that role on, when her role, it seems, in the Rebellion and the New Republic has been so much broader – would would seem kind of like a, a real step backwards. But like I said, I wouldn't be mad about it. It's just not Sorry, what I was. I agree. Um, what what I envision or what I necessarily would choose. Yeah. J- Jacob, you were talking about sort of like what what Leia's death would be like as opposed to Luke's or opposed to Han's. Um, and I I don't know if you were thinking about that in part because Carrie Fisher has passed away. Um, but. If we assume that the, the, the there is enough footage to have her be a, whatever kind of role, do, do you think she has to die by the end of this movie, or is there a way in which we that, that she is one of the survivors at the end? No, absolutely not. I, I was not actually aware that uh, of anything to do with uh, the with her estate giving express permission to car- to keep the character carrying on. Pun definitely not intended. Um, but the. So the only reason I was thinking about that was like, well, this is something you could do to really honor the character while still killing them off. Um, because she's, she and Chewie, um, have we seen Lando in He's in the trailer. Cool. We're going to see Lando. That makes me happy. All right. So I guess, but, but of the original crew from a new hope, it's, it's, um, the droids, 
uh, Leia and Chewie are all we've got left, right? From from A New Hope. Correct. And so, I guess, uh, I I would personally like to see her character continue on. Um, I don't think that she, her character has to pass on as as a part of this story. I think there are many ways you could write that into the narrative that would be significantly compelling, and so they might do it because there's you know there's things that you can do to to drive characters in a certain direction or to uh give you that dramatic tension um that that um and really show that that there are consequences to things etc um but i don't think that like leia has to not be a, a an extant character anymore after this movie uh i was just thinking as a well if i if she has to die how would i how what's the best way to do that what okay, what that needs sense, to happen yeah. to really be respectful to the character um and to really honor the the legacy of the character i i very much agree and more than anything i would like for leia to get a happy ending um cuz we the life events yes. we have seen from her her adoptive parents were killed along with literally her entire planet and then she helped win the rebellion, and then at some point that fell apart and she had to go back to fighting. And then recently we have seen her partner of some sort, I, I don't know how she would classify Han, but we, we saw a partner who mattered quite a bit to her uh, pass away. He was killed. We know she lost her son to the dark side, and then her in The Last Jedi, her brother died essentially saving her and saving the whole rebellion. And that's a lot of really sad things, and I would like for Leia Organa to have a nice anything. She should have nice yeah, things. Yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> oh man, what if, what if, what if uh, Kylo Ren's redemption comes not from the actions of Rey, but actually from Leia succeeding where Han didn't? And managing to reach out and connect with him again. You know, I would that be could super be a very into that. Moment. I would love that. I would yeah, be I, so into that. I mean, I mean, I got I got goosebumps thinking of that idea. I think that would be a, re- especially because there has been such a. I, I don't remember if we went into this, uh, Becky, when you talked with us about the Last Jedi and, and sort of your feelings on the monomyth and the problems with the monomyth. But fatherhood is such a big part of that, and fatherhood is such a big part of this story so far. That'd be kind of nice if if the mother, you know, role is the one that kind of really pulls things back instead of a fatherness. I, I I I would I would I would love that, frankly. Yeah, I I would super love that. My I don't think that that is what they're going to do for both practical and story-related reasons. Like, on a practical level, the question of Carrie Fisher and, and the footage and the stand-ins and how much of that they really want to do. And then on a story level, because so much of The Last Jedi was about the connection between Rey and Kylo Ren, I would be very surprised if she doesn't directly play into his redemption, which, again, I am assuming he will have a redemption because Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. But... I would absolutely love that, and now I'm going to be sad if that doesn't happen, so, um, thanks. <laughs> Kevin Smith um, and Mark Bernardin have a fantastic podcast, um, uh, what's now called uh, Batman Beyond, um, and one of the things they frequently do, especially Mark Bernardin, is 
re- rewrite movies as they could have been with Kevin Smith then getting angry because he's like, now I want to watch that movie. So I'm kind of proud if mm-hmm. we've gotten to that point um, in our recanonization of things. Or um, maybe we're just actually predicting a lot of the cool things. Yeah, that we're maybe see maybe we're being way too cynical by listening to this brilliant idea and then saying, "But they'll never do that." Maybe they will. Yeah, <laughs> that would it's, be. It's certainly possible. Have to have hope. Carrie said so. <laughs> that, yeah, Space Mom told us <laughs> would to have Carrie hope. Carrie lied to us. I mean, yes, but only if it was funny. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> right, sure. She would troll us. She was very good at that. So as the last question that I have on, on my list, I'm not sure if, uh, which one of you wrote this, but the um, I, I know we wanted to talk about, is this intended as a trilogy of trilogies or is this meant to sort of mirror one, two, three? Um, what, what, what were you kind of thinking with that one? Uh, that was me. Uh, I brought it up earlier um, and it's just sort of a, a, an idea in the back of my head of what if this whole, what if this trilogy is set up for another trilogy to have a, another set of six rather than just a, a trilogy of trilogies because the way that they're doing it um these new characters have more legs i guess you could say uh i feel like there's a lot more for them to do and we haven't we haven't completely explored that um but we also could do a generational thing uh with them as well especially if the turn is like Ray goes dark and is our new evil overlord or whatever. Um, if that's a thing that happens, then that feels like they're, it feels like if that's going to happen in movie three of, of this trilogy that we can't end it there. Right. Yeah. I don't think that that's satisfying. Um, but something or, or a variety of other things that we could do where if, if this is like Kylo Ren's rise to power and the, the uh, uh, resistance doesn't succeed, right if there's uh there has to be another story because if the if this is going to end with kylo ren standing up after being rebuilt as a machine and shouting no because something bad happened to his old helmet i don't know (laughs) uh, or something you know we have to have another trilogy to then do better Uh (laughs) yeah i i will say i am um, just kind of getting into some of the larger stuff, but I, I, I feel like in more recent years, Star Wars has established a very good ability to tell us stories in the Star Wars universe that that aren't like direct spinoffs of the main plot of things. Um, Rogue One, the movie, is to me a great example of this, as is um, the the Man- excuse me the Mandalorian TV show. Um, and 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 many, some people would argue that Solo was. I very <laughs> I much. I think would Solo not, was a bad example a... of this. <laughs> yeah, um, I have strong feelings. Solo on, will, so, which Solo we're not going to get into. A special place in my heart uh, because there's a robot person, and okay. they actually acknowledge them as a robot person. So I'm very biased. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it did a thing that I would like other Star Wars movies to do. That that's that's very fair. Um, but 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 I guess, I guess my my point is that given that I feel like I'm excited for there being new Star Wars movies. I'm excited for the people who it seems made a game of TV shows, Game of Thrones TV show, without fully understanding what Game of Thrones was all about, to not be involved in any way. I'm really excited about that. Um, but I, I I guess I just I, I'm definitely hoping that this doesn't clearly set up what the next thing is. I. 
I want this to be the end. You know, I want this to be the the final point on this Star Wars, you know, the the fall and rise of the Republic and 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 for that story to kind of be at an end. Yeah, I I think I feel the same way and I think that if this was intended to set up more movies, um they probably wouldn't be playing that card so close to the vest because this is the age of Marvel and mega franchises and like how many different movies can you put in one universe? And so we've seen the model of like here are the different stories we can tell within Star Wars, but there's also a main overarching story going on. Um, right. And I, I, I suspect that if they were doing this just as setup, that it wouldn't be sold the way it is as the end of a saga, the end of a, a generation of stories, which is very mm-hmm. much how they are selling it in the trailers. Um, right. right. And like I'm, I'm okay if some of the characters continue. I mean, if you want to tell me, okay, now the first order is totally defeated and the Republic has been established, but you know Finn and Poe are going to have a buddy cop show about them dealing with Tuscan Raiders or you know, you know, Trade Federation nonsense or whatever. It is. Like, sure, I'm all in for that. Like, I'm fine with other characters, kind of some of these characters popping up, but I don't think I want you know the next set of movies to be about Kylo and the Emperor doing their thing or, or that kind of thing. Sure. That's fair. It was, it was an idea. I'm not sure. Like, I think there's, I'm pretty confident this is. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I think there's also somewhere in there a question about intentionality and what story they set out to tell or they think they set out to tell. Cause like I 100% believe that George Lucas had a lot of ideas and some of them were very good and some of them were just okay and they all kind <laughs> of got thrown into a blender and that's how we ended up with the both the first and second trilogies like I think the fact that you know A New Hope was chapter 4 or episode 4 like that harkens back so much to like Pulp Fiction the genre not the movie and like that like that kind of storytelling so i can believe that he had an idea of here are the different pieces of the epic but i also think there was a lot of mind changing between like i i would i suspect that luke and leia in the very first draft of a new hope were not siblings that was not a thing he knew um but i could be wrong on that but like i i think we would not have played the luke leia romance quite so heavily yeah. if we had known that so so i think you know there have been Things, or maybe we would have. Maybe he would have. I I don't know. Um, but I think there were probably things Sorry. that he that he knew and that he conceived of and that have been pieces that were built out intentionally. But my impression is that the new trilogy was not really drawing from that. And so maybe Kathleen Kennedy or you know the the screenplay writers had some sense of here is where I want this story to end. Here is what I want it to be. But I don't think, I think the intentionality was around this trilogy and not as here is a new entire generation of storytelling that can spin into additional trilogies. But that's, like, that is just my impressions. That is not based on any kind of insider knowledge. (laughs) And we're we're all just speculating, obviously. I, I will say it, it kind of goes to this is a point I made a while ago, but um, 
especially having rewatched the prequels, it, it reminds me that the prequels are awful execution in so many ways, but are still part of, I, I think, the story that Lucas is telling through the prequels is an amazing story that connects really well to the story of the original trilogy, just told really badly. And in some ways, I, I think I've come to think of this new set of movies as, as fanfic almost, like a really interesting departure from all that Lucas had set up. But you're right, Becky, not probably what Lucas originally had in mind. And I, I think I will forever be sad that Lucas could never accept that maybe he could let a different writer and a different director tell the story that he wanted to tell because I am still always going to be curious what was the what was the final trilogy he wanted to tell. Yeah. And I I think I think that is a a much more succinct way of putting what I was very beating around the bush trying to get at is that I think that this is probably <laughs> a a discrete story this set of three movies but but not the initial one that had been intended as the third of the three series and not necessarily right. the last one. Right. Um, and I wouldn't turn down more well-made Star Wars trilogies. Um, it, it's just that that first part really has to be there or I'm not going to be super happy about it. Uh I, Mostly, I feel as though there hasn't been the the uh, the travesties of dialogue in these, at least. So, uh, I'm I'm hopeful uh, that whatever we get will be great. I would also like to see like an Avengers with lightsabers uh, would be really cool. I think that could be an execution they could have. Um, but um, you know, obviously, we can do more with Star Wars now. Uh, now that it's it's been unleashed, as it were. Um, and I don't know. Now I am just mostly rambling because it's late and I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Same. <laughs> we should be wrapping up. But let me let me let me use that as kind of a closing question before we go into final remarks. Um, going forward, what are movies and story? What what are sh- stories you would like to see told in the Star Wars universe? Um, depending. I want to see the Wookiee Rebellion. You want to see what? The Wookiee Rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm being dead serious. Their planet gets uh gets put under the heel of the Empire during the the events of... So, so Chewie is basically a refugee. Um, I would really like to see the story of the Wookiees rising up against the Imperial occupation of their own planet on the big screen. I think that could be very compelling. I also would love to see somebody execute on a movie where it's a bunch of Wookiees uh, communicating with each other and not have it be horrible to watch like the holiday special. (laughs) (laughs) The the holiday special is a challenge challenge to throw out there. The holiday special is special out, but it holds a sacred place, a a special place in my heart, but it's in a sort of love hate kind of thing. Um, but Becky, what about you? What, is, what are some stories in this universe you'd like to see? Um, I would say either depending on how this one ends or whether they would want to set something in a past that is not about the, the rise of the Empire and fall of the Republic. I think that the idea of a Jedi Academy or a Jedi-esque different kind of Force user Academy as like a boarding school story, like a Harry Potter story with shenanigans and you go I, yeah, and you like have that. magic mm. and it's also in space... Like, 
I think that would be really fun, and I think that they would be kid friendly, and they could make a bajillion dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's a kind of fantastic idea. Um, I you think I, it had not occurred Potter, to me until I was making Star a joke Wars. about it, but now that I've said it ten minutes ago, a uh, Poe and Finn buddy cop, like you know, trying to be, you know, help the New Republic get started. I think I would love to see. Um, in in part because. And I think we're never now we're now never going to get the story because we've already dealt with the first order. But um, when I heard about Force Awakens, the story that I was really hoping for was the story of now that we are in power, how do we be a democracy while recognizing the rise of fascism? You know, and and obviously that's a, a story with some real relevance to our world. But like, I would have loved it if for most of these movies. The First Order was not the main power in the universe. It was the Republic trying to to, to keep the Republic together while fighting the First Order. Uh, and, and maybe part of the story is trying to not go the route of the, you know, when you think about the fact that the Empire becomes the Empire, it's all machinations, but in part because of the, the failing of we need an Empire for security and to fight the fight against the, the Separatists and then the Jedi when the, the, they, they claim the Jedi go evil. Like I would have loved to see a story about the Republic trying to be a Republic while while fighting the the First Order. Um, I I think beyond that, um, and and maybe I'm being overly biased by one particular movie, but I'd love to see more Rogue One style movies. I and I think we talked about this the last time we had you on, Becky, when we were talking about alternatives to the Mono Myth. I really love things that say, okay, we we've we've told you the story of the people with top billing, but what was happening in the trenches? You know, I'd love to see a, a story of um, more of that time in the 20 years between the prequels and the modern movies of how the rebellion gets started or um, more of, you know, what's happening in other parts of the galaxies when these things are happening. Um, I'm, I'm really loving The Mandalorian. I'm For that reason, I'm... I, I think in some ways, one of the things I love most about the Star Wars... The, the these these characters are fantastic, but just the world building is so rich. I think I would just love to see more of that world explored without having to make everything back to a Skywalker story. Yeah, I, I would be on board with that. Um, the other thing that occurs to me is, is like a top of my head idea. If they like prequels, of the founding of the Jedi. What? How did the Jedi come about? What were the adventures involved? Where? Who was involved? Yeah. Where did they come from? And, like, digging back into some of that lore, especially now that we have this island where we know that the Jedi Order was founded, and it's got porgs so, and fish nuns, so <laughs> that's fun, and we could go back there, but, like, back in time. Like, I think I think there are millions of stories you could tell in, in this universe, and because it's such a vast universe. And so I think, like, yeah. there there is so much potential for non-Skywalker-centric stories that could be really interesting or takes on different genres, like The Mandalorian is a Western, Rogue One is more or less a heist. I think you could kind of, in that way it is, sort of like, do what Marvel did and pick your genre and see how that would work in space with laser swords. Um, And it would be awesome, because what would not be improved by being in space with laser swords? (laughs) (laughs) tying a couple of these ideas together um and and maybe now all three of us have a great pitch to take to kathleen kennedy um but but 
because I love what you're suggesting about the, um, you know, the founding of the Jedi. And and what if it's it's you know what if we have a show about the students who are you know the students who are in this new Jedi Academy post everything, trying to set up a new idea of Force users, and a big part of their curriculum is going back to say what what how did the Jedi and the Sith get started and what did Force users look like before that? Um, you know maybe maybe those need to be two different things and I'm being way too ambitious here, but I kind of love the idea of of because I do think that that's a really there's a real connection there of if part of what these this movie and and this trilogy is going to be about is about saying what does the force look like outside of the Jedi and Sith that that ties in really well to looking at you know the force existed before the Jedi and Sith and what did that look like I want all of those uh, things one more pitch <laughs> I want I want droids like the old cartoon show droids but good <laughs> I yeah. would like that. Now, if only Droids one of us was, a, was of a like actual professional published writer who could like maybe put mm. some of these ideas on paper and help to make this happen. Guess we'll never know. I I got it. I do not want to write IP. It seems really hard. <laughs> like I will write my that's, fan that's yeah. I will write these things yeah, as fan fiction and it'll be great, but uh I I don't want to deal with the Star Wars layers. But uh, I would <laughs> that, be happy to write other kinds of space adventures that are not Star Wars, but might have some Star Wars influence. Cause... What, and, and for anyone who doesn't uh, know uh, what I'm talking about, if they haven't heard before, Becky is a, a published author who's written some really great uh, um, fantasy, I think is a good way to describe your, your work. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it is fantasy featuring an uh, angry teenage girl with magic in the desert. So, you know... If that kind of thing sounds nice. appealing. <laughs> and when we wrap up, we'll definitely give you a chance to kind of uh, uh, plug your stuff. But l- let me just say, like, uh, in conclusions, are, are there any kind of last points either of you didn't get a chance to make or or, or a last question you want to pose or, or a response to someone something said that didn't get to be brought up earlier? I just want to say as as many concerns as I have about things like the switch back to Abrams and and what pieces are going to be picked up on and which ones aren't, I am honestly optimistic about this movie and really looking forward to it. I love these characters. I love the story thus far. And I knock on wood, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a satisfying watch. And that's, I just really want that. And I think it'll happen. So, uh, sort of springboarding off of that, I'm also very excited for the movie. Uh, and the only point I want to make uh, in closing here is I have discovered the secret to getting more joy out of the media that I consume. It's very simple. I go in with very little expectation for for what I what I'm th- what I think I'm going to see. And so when I don't see that thing, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds weird, but I've I had this thing for a long time where I was like, okay, this is this movie, and I should see this, 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 and this. I don't get exactly that, and I'm immediately disappointed. Like the floor is usually going to be disappointed because the filmmakers are going to make the movie they wanted to make. And I think so we see a lot of. So you're people, saying that... I think we see a lot of people who who have not learned that lesson, and that's why we see things like today's 
uh, fun question going around Twitter that somebody had posted of, like, if we all really hate The Last Jedi, then, like, how much would we have to pay Disney to have, like, a council of fans who could vote and say that it's not canon anymore and that any future Star Wars this council would have to vote on? And it's like, just write your fanfiction like the rest of us, but also, yeah, yeah, let loose loosen up your views of what it should be or what you want it to be and let it just be and experience the movie that has been made. I I think that that is, that is a very, a very good way to watch media. (laughs) Right. The, the ruder way to say what I was saying is get over yourself, get over yourself and enjoy the movie. I I, I mean, Jacob, I agree with your point. However, you realize you've basically just said, people shouldn't do things like sit around and talk about all their hopes and expectations for a movie about no, to come no, no, out no, no, and kind of invalidated no, no, no. the last 90 minutes of all of our <laughs> lives. I mean, I mean, yes, but no, uh, there's a difference between, I want to stress this because it's, it's fun to speculate about what we might see. Right. Right. There's a difference between to, between that speculation, between that workshopping, talking and getting excited about what you might see and establishing expectation of what you should see. Yeah. And that's the point I, I want to make. Yeah, I will... And, and I'll admit, in that, re- in that regard, you're stronger than I am. Because I am... I can do that on my second watch. Um, I, I know myself, and I know that I'm probably going to enjoy a lot of this movie, but probably walk out disappointed if I feel like it has really kind of undercut a lot of the parts of Last Jedi that I loved most. And I and I, I don't think I'm the right way to doing it. I think it's better if you can do what you're doing. But but I do know that about myself that once I know that, I'll probably be able to, because I'm going to watch this movie at least twice in theaters, let's be honest, probably more like four or five times, um, as I have almost every other Star Wars movie that's come out. Um, but, but that certainly by the second time, if I'm able to go like, okay, you know what, this isn't this movie and maybe I kind of wish the canon was a little different, but I can also go back and re-enjoy it, I'll be able to do that. Um, uh, you know, this is an odd stretch, but Disney's Hercules is to me a perfect example of this because the first time I watched that movie, I hated it because I love Greek myths and it was so violent towards Greek mythology. <laughs> um, and the second time, when I was able to go back and watch it again and say this has nothing to do with Greek mythology, it's just a great Disney movie, I was able to enjoy it a lot more. Um and, and, and so I, I – I, as many of our fans can take Jacob's uh, path, please do so. If you're more stubborn like I am, at least I think think to yourself, you know, watch it the first time. And if it doesn't meet your expectations, then go back without those expectations and watch it again and just enjoy it for what it is. I will also say for me, uh, one of the keys to this is that from the time it's released until I see it, I stay off the internet. Um Yep. Because I mm. don't want to see the think pieces. I don't want to see how other people are reacting. I don't want to know if the consensus is it's great or it's terrible or whatever. I want to be able to go in and have it as an experience and let it wash over me and know how I feel about it before I have how everybody else feels about it in my mind. And like then I can read all the think pieces and that's fine. But for me, part of that yeah. not setting super high expectations or not having things that I I think are going to happen or that I want to happen in a certain way is not like I I watch trailers, but I don't read spoilers, which means I'm just not going to be on the internet for, I think it comes out Friday and I'm seeing it Saturday. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I have tickets that night for exactly that reason. Cause I, I I don't want to see any of that stuff before I've seen it. 
Um, and I, I will point out one thing because there's one thing that I am 99.999% certain. I've not seen confirmation of this, but I'm fairly certain of, which means this is going to be a fairly good Star Wars movie. Jar Jar Binks will not be appearing anywhere in this movie. <laughs> so you you say that, <laughs> but what if what if Jar Jar was the one who was whose machinations have been influencing these things all along? No, no, I spend a willpower to disbelieve. Jar Jar? I refuse to live in that universe. <laughs> I mean, there there was the very extensive Jar Jar is secretly Palpatine fan theory a few years ago. Um, oh God, what have I started? It's it's Google. That was an actual. There were like in depth articles and yep. screen caps and like people people yep. had a very strong like. I I think it was all. I don't want to say nonsense. It was a lot of like, based on this gesture and this camera angle, he could have been manipulating that thing. But like, that was an actual fan theory. <laughs> yep. I do remember that, that. That Jar Jar was pulling the strings behind everything. Yeah. That's quote real, unquote. There's also a great episode of Story Break, a, a podcast that I listened to, where they pitched Jar Jar the Star Wars story, and it's turned me around on Jar Jar as a character. Uh, so. If they could find a way to rate, rate, write him without being so horribly racist, I might be in. But yes. You'd, you'd have to start there. Yes. Um, but yes. Uh, speaking of authors who apparently can write romances, or at least strong, powerful stories set in the deserts without ever telling us that they hate sand... Um, Becky, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your writings and how other people can I find sure your work? I sure will. Uh, first, I will say they actually are not heavy on romance at all. There is next to none because um, that's uh, – Yeah, I, I adjusted my statement because I actually remembered <laughs> that uh, halfway through what I was saying. I, I just wanted to get one more dig in. At the Fair enough. I, I just point that out because it's uh, – there are every now and then people who are like, I really want to read a book that doesn't have a romance. And mine, I wouldn't say have zero, but it is not – the, the purpose. Anyway, um, my books are titled Bound by Blood and Sand, and the sequel is Freed by Flame and Storm. Um, they are young adult fantasy novels that are set in a desert world that is losing all of its water. Uh, the protagonist is a girl who was raised as a slave, who is the one who discovers magic that can bring their water back, but also she was a slave, she hates the establishment, so what if instead she just watches the world burn and doesn't save it? Um... <laughs> okay. So your 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 attraction in your your interest in Dark Ray is becoming a lot more clear. <laughs> what? What made you think that I would be into that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh. So so that's that's my brief pitch. Um. Again, Bound by Blood and Sand. Uh. At this point, it's probably not on shelves, but they should be able to order it for you, or you can get it online from the retailer of your choice. Um, and I am at Allreb on Twitter, A-L-L-R-E-B, uh, and most other social media, and I do talk a lot on those platforms about writing and Star Wars. So, you know, come say hi. <laughs> awesome. And, and Jacob, where, where can people, uh, <clears throat> keep track of what you're, you're up to? Well, if people are really interested in my boring life, uh, then they can either find me on Facebook as myself jacob malicic i'm on twitter at bots are people too uh where the r is the letter r everything else are the words um and that's basically just the only ways i think that you can contact me on social media i don't do a lot of writing uh these days uh for think pieces and whatnot i'm going to try to get back onto this regular 
co-hosting gig that I agreed to for some guy's podcast, <laughs> I guess. So you might be able to hear me more there. Uh, Matthew, just one one comment before I throw back to you. Uh, I just want to say that I feel like your lead-in to uh, Becky talking about her books was very coarse, not like you. That's not... Stop, stop. <laughs> but, but very much like, I don't know, sand... Um, Becky, do you want to be a co-host on a podcast? Um, (laughs) He swears, he threatens to fire me every episode. Is it going to be a two-hour commitment every time? Because we talk a lot. (laughs) Only when you're on. Yeah, we do. And and unfortunately, it involves quite a lot of sound editing. So so I I am stuck with Jacob for the time being. Um, But on behalf of all of us, um, thank you guys both. It's been a fantastic discussion. Uh, Jacob, great to have you with us again. And and I'm looking forward to a lot more. And and Becky... um, Really great to have you back, and we'll, we'll see if we can schedule a time to talk once a new movie comes out um, and go over that kind of stuff, as well as uh, Becky has raised the idea of a um, Terminator podcast, which I think would be a really fun thing to get into. Um, so that would be a fun thing to look forward to in the new year. Um, and I'm have all three of us. So to all you fans, thank you guys so much. Um, as you have heard, all three of us kind of like to talk and, and like to dive into these things, and we'd love to hear from you. Um what are your theories? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your ideas for the new movie? Um, where do you think we're right? Where do you think we're wrong? Um, you can find each of us individually. Um, I am Caped Ethicist on Twitter. But the best places to get some discussion going with us is on the uh, Twitter or superhero, uh, the Twitter or Facebook pages for this podcast. Uh, both of them are Superhero Ethics. Um, I should mention there is a book that has now been written called Superhero Ethics by a very conservative author taking a very different point of view. Um, so just be careful you don't Google that. That's not what he's talking about. But the superhero ethics at Facebook or on Twitter will get you into those conversations. You can also email us at superheroethics at gmail.com. Um, thank you guys all. And, and for those who want to uh, help support us, there's a couple things you can do. One is we do have a Patreon. Um, it's a way where I'm actually trying to raise money at the moment to, to buy a better microphone. I know the sound quality is not quite as good as I would like it to be. Um, Patreon is a great way to support us. Um, but the best the best ways to support us, honestly, is to help get the word out to others. Um, if you're on iTunes, write us a review. Five-star reviews are a great way to help other people find the podcast. Um, uh, but mostly just pass this on to a friend, you know, especially with a new movie coming out. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be talking about Star Wars to your friends and, and getting these conversations. We'd love it if you just, you know, have one person who can say, hey, check out this podcast. It might be interesting to you. It's how we build our listener base. It's how we grow. It's how we're able to bring even more great content to you guys, so to you folks. So uh, I have myself and Becky and, and Jacob. Thank you all for being a part of this. Have a great day. Bye.